0: this is the emerging women podcast where we become inspired to live and lead from the truth of who we are we're creating a new paradigm for power that includes the feminine perspective because the world needs it hi Tosha
1: welcome hi Chantal thank you It's
0: so good to have you here on the Emerging Women podcast. And before we jump in, I'd love to give people just a little bit of background if they're not aware of our connection. Just so you all know, Tosha Silver has been a speaker at our live events, Emerging Women Live. And when I started Emerging Women, her first book, Outrageous Openness Letting the Divine Take the Lead was a huge influence on me as I was starting a new business and trying to work in a different way instead of from will, from being in connection with something bigger than myself. And it was literally a godsend (laughs) Um, and just such a beautiful book. And she also followed that book up with a book called Change Me Prayers. And the subtitle on that, which is wonderful, is The Hidden Power of Spiritual Surrender. And now in that same vein, we have a money-focused book from her that released in hardcover at the beginning of the pandemic and is now um, has been available for the last year in, in softcover. And it's it's called It's Not Your Money, How to Live Fully from divine abundance. So combining this idea of openness and surrender in that title, It's Not Your Money. And she's been a spiritual teacher for decades and brings such a strong thought leadership on how to live in harmony with divine energy in a way that is both spiritually inspiring, but also hella practical sisters, hella practical. (laughs) So um, I'm just so honored to be having her on the podcast. Welcome, Tosha.
1: Thanks, Chantal. Yeah, that's what happens when you're a Capricorn. If it's not practical, it's really not very interesting.
0: Totally. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, And, you know, we were just kind of chitty chatting before we hit the record button. And you were saying that, in this moment of our recording, um, we just had the full moon and the solstice. And in this moment of the recording, there is a, a significant astrology, astrological phenomenon happening. Do you want to lead with that? I'm just so curious. Sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I would say the whole, this whole week is a huge turning point, you know, not just because we have the solstice, which is always a big turning point, but also because today, as we speak, at um, 11 o'clock, I think it's like 11.45 tonight, California time, there's this Saturn Uranus square, which only happens once every 45 years. And it, well, it this is the third of three. So we had the first one in February of 2021. We had the next one in June and we have this final one today, and then there won't be another one for 45 years. And it's basically, a huge completion time of endings and shaking off what no longer fits. It's like a real conflict between the old and the new. And if you can align with it, because that's kind of the nature of this whole work is not to fear any of the transits or any of the energies, but to actually align with them and let them move you to right action. Then it, it's really a time to, you know, where you look and you go, wow, for example, that job is just completing on its own, I can't do it anymore, or this relationship is ending, or this friendship has been outgrown, or all of a sudden you look around your house and you're, you know, wildly getting rid of things that you just no longer resonate with. And so it's really happening on a, on a collective level, but you can also really feel it on a personal level. I I feel it strongly. I don't know about you.
0: Oh, such shifts, except less of moving away and more towards moving towards. Um, But I think it's because I've been working your book, sister. So let's Mm -hmm. get into it um, because I know letting go, which is not the same as surrender, which is not the same as offering, but all three of those concepts are super rich in your work, but letting go specifically is something that's a big part of, of your book. So maybe what we could do is start with what do you mean by it's not my money?
1: <laughs>
0: Whose money is it? <laughs> well, and um and start <laughs> with the concept and then uh, we can we can lead towards that letting go piece.
1: Okay. It's kind of funny because when the book was first getting pulled together, I remember my publisher said, "No one's going to understand what that means. You're going to get a million emails from people saying, what do you mean? It's not my money. If I get a bill, who's going to pay it? I pay it. But I mean it in this paradoxical sense that of course, at one level, it is yours. You're the steward, but the ultimate energy of the money is really the divines That it belongs to this force called divine source, which is the holder of everything. And in that sense, you know, you could say that whether, you know, even if I remember somebody brought up once that she had a trust fund and she had all this money coming from her her family and I was around somebody when this woman said it and the person said, "Well, I wish I had a trust fund." And I thought, "Well, actually when you work with divine source, you get a trust fund. Regardless of your background, you get this trust that what needs to come is going to come that you can let go of what doesn't fit. You can open to what does fit because you're no longer making any specific person, place, job, thing, your source. You're now saying divine abundance is my source and I'm available to whatever it wants to use to provide for my needs. Mm. Mm. And it's a very practical application. It's not it's not a woo-woo thing. It's it's something that the book really shows on a very direct level, how you can learn to live that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, once again, I love that practical aspect of it. And yeah, it's still a little bit like, um, so there's this dance between how much of this is our vision and our, the will is not the right word. I'm done with will. Everything I've strived for, striving and all of that has just burned me out. So I love this concept. Uh, It feels so feminine. It feels so gentle, but it feels creative and it feels fire at the same time. But I just need to grab it a little bit more to understand it. And I guess my question is, how much do we participate through our desires and the vision we have for our lives. And how much do we let go and just say, I want to just follow and and you show me what's best for me.
1: Well, here's the thing. I always laugh when somebody talks about how soft and feminine this sounds, because this is a freaking kick-ass path. If you follow follow it with sincerity and it has nothing to do with just laying in bed, hoping that, you know, you're calling in a miracle and somebody's coming to rescue you. What really happens is that the desires are offered rather than fixated upon or obsessed over or striven for, they're offered to this source of love. And so you're not blocking them, you're not pretending they don't exist, you're not being a robot, but you're literally offering them and saying, if it is for the highest, I'm open to receiving the right actions, I'm open to receiving the right help, I'm open to understanding the correct timing, you're now making yourself available to divine flow. And in the same way, through that offering, you're also allowing for the possibility that not all things are meant to happen at all times, contrary to what misunderstandings of the law of attraction say. Not all wishes are meant to happen just because you want them at that moment. It's like you become open to the real ebb and flow of this divine pulsation,
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: what starts to occur is when it's time for the right actions to occur. Man, you can end up on the wildest ride. So that's what I'm saying. It's it's sure not just soft and gentle because suddenly it's your time, and you know your life is on fire. You have a lot to do and a lot to give because you're now prepared. And I think that one of the pieces that's so left out of a purely manifesting focus is it, you know, ideas like you actually have to be prepared for things. <laughs> you know, It's not, it's not just that they cross through the mind and you're meant to just get them that minute. There's the same way that plants grow, seeds unfold, we're that way. And so That's to me, the beauty of what comes out of this is that you're, you really learn not to block desires, but how to offer them. Although I will say that I guess after living all these years like this, it's not, I don't find myself clinging to desires as I used to because something starts to happen. Like there's preferences for sure. But that pain of holding to desires and going through the anks when they don't occur, it all just starts to fall away because there's a more interesting way to live.
0: Yes. And I think it it exalts our desires yes. also. It frees our desires. And it that's frees them. yes, I love that. So okay, so it's both and. And you said something interesting. You offer your desires. So maybe we could talk about because I know you've got surrender we're talking offering and then there's the letting go piece so could you just tell us how you use those three practices as core pieces
1: well let's say this like let's just pretend that there's a really really deep let's say you have a deep desire for a partnership okay and mm-hmm. that conventional manifesting focus would just be like fixate on it, fixate on it, feel yourself already in one, keep telling yourself that you deserve it. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is this is quite different. This is saying, okay, you have that longing. You let yourself have the longing for sure. But then you take it, you can almost imagine this like holding opening your hands to the universe and saying, you know the depths of my longing. And now I give this to you, including the burden of it, because the, that's the side of, off, of desires that very few people talk about is they're exhausting, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you're handing the burden of it over to divine love. And then you're saying, well, there's many, there's many pieces of that offering. It depends on the person. In some cases, like let's say for relationships, You know, when I went through that myself a number of years ago, the prayer that I was using, and a lot of these prayers are in my, my the different books, Uh but the prayer prayer I was using was, let me feel whole with or without this relationship, Mm. because that, that is what changed my whole life. You know, if I had just been sitting in a circle going, bring the person, bring the person, bring the person, I would have been a broken person attracting another broken person for who for who I was at that time. But by saying, make me whole with or without this, something really alchemical occurred so that by the time my partner came, it was just icing on the cake. So a lot of times that's a piece of how offering works for some people is that, is that, is that prayer. You know, for other people, it's, it's really just that sense that you come to trust the process of what's occurring. And it's, I'll give you another example. Like when you use this around money, the, there was a woman in the money book who um, was in a terrible custody battle and she basically just did not get support. And she ended up making a settlement that really wasn't to her benefit and she had so much rage about that for good reason that she was just living her life was a daily hell about what the settlement had been so she reached me while i was you know in the process of writing that book and i suggested that she take everything about the, the divorce everything about the settlement everything about the money all of it and hand it to divine love and say This is now yours. Let all my needs be met. Whatever the highest outcome is here, I can't micromanage it anymore. I can't control it anymore. Wasn't saying to be passive, but just you show me the actions, this is now yours. And what happened as she continued to do that is actually a lot of the rage started to dissipate because she had permission to feel it because this isn't about blocking feelings. But she also was open now to whatever else the universe wanted to use to bring her finances. And then what occurred is basically the job she had gave her this huge promotion. She was now making triple the income. And then funny enough, even though the money was now coming that way, once so much of her rage at the ex-partner left, he showed back up and started to pay more. Mm. Because often... Not to say that you shouldn't be mad because that's part of being human, but I call it in the book, the ring of fire will often block the good that wants to come. So you dive in, you get into the feelings, you break a million dishes if you need to, you, you get into it, but then you offer it and say, bring me what's beyond this.
0: Mm, Yeah. I love that. And you have another story in the book of the person it was like you know, cord cutting practices yeah. around being aware of places where you're still attached that could be holding you in an unpleasant and undesirable state with your money and um, cutting cords, and yeah, it- do that, it's like changing.
1: Yeah, it can be, you know, somebody can be saying, oh, I've been saying affirmations forever about I'm abundant, I'm this, I'm that. Uh-huh. And while they have all these cords, say to a parent who mm-hmm. had some really crazy money issues and they're still reliving that parent's karma through their own body. So it's the cutting of those cords that the book gets into that for them, that, that can be the deal breaker.
0: Beautiful. Yes. And so yeah, offering is not a passive state. I love that you um, and it can change your internal state, your internal vibration, your whole energy field, not just give you relief. But are you saying that when we change our energy field, Are you? Are you saying that that also participates in the shifting of our relationship with money?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, the funny thing with with the money book, is, and I know you know this because you've read it, it's about a thousand things besides money. You could really apply it to any topic. And so there's, you know, you say it's not my relationship, it's not my job, but the thing that uh, I always think of with this is that there's a line, I think it might be from Adyashanti, who's a spiritual writer where he said, what God can manifest through your life is so completely beyond anything you could manifest through your own efforts. I love that. When he first said that, when I first read in the book, it was like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And I remember thinking, well, that's nice. How do you do that? Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I've been on this journey with these books to understand on a practical level, how do you do it so that it's not just a nice idea to let go, but that you can actually learn to offer so that this plan that. Is beyond what the ego can try to manipulate, can start to happen.
0: Yes. And I will say, um, just for those of you listening, on Amazon, you have Tosha has for this book over a thousand five star ratings, which is unbelievably high. And a lot of the people that are reviewing it are just like, it just works. It just works (laughs) over and over again. It works like just do it like, you know. And so uh, one thing I will say is that you're very practice oriented. All of your books are just chock full of here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. And just meditations and what you call change me prayers um, are wonderful because sometimes in this work, It feels so isolating, especially when we're dealing with money, because there's shame, there's embarrassment. There's, uh, you have a section in this book around self-forgiveness for mistakes around money, Um, which I think is very interesting. How much do we all need that? So we're not necessarily wanting, you know, it's a very isolating process or it can be, but your approach is quite different and, and encourages us to get out into the world.
1: I know I felt like writing a that I should have had just one chapter of like prayers about prayers to forgive yourself for houses you didn't buy or jobs you didn't take or you know like all these things that people torture themselves about that you can actively work to release
0: or stupid investments that you, you were taking invest- in on
1: and totally, totally. And that's the beauty of divine source because you know when you're going know my the abundance because also the purpose of the book isn't to isn't to gain abundance it's to learn how to become abundance which is entirely different and so once you're doing that you're really saying there's no external thing which is the source of my security as crazy as that sounds. There's yes. No, can there's... you
0: elaborate on that? Because are you saying that there's just money, everybody, everywhere, and we can all have it?
1: No. Okay. So, no. yeah. What I'm, what I'm saying is that you can learn to live within this flow that is wildly open to receiving, because that's half the problem for a lot of people is that they don't feel comfortable or deserving to receive. Mm. And so that's a huge part of the book. And another part of it is that you literally feel yourself almost like if you take your hands and you imagine that one hand is receiving and the other hand is giving, and you yourself are the conduit inside of that, even when you're not sure where it's going to come from next and where it's going to go out to next, you're becoming part of that conduit because Otherwise you're living in that illusion, which is just common. It's nothing to be ashamed of that says that job is my meal ticket. If I ever lose that job, I'm gonna be destroyed. Or if I ever lose that marriage, I'm gonna be destroyed. And what I found over the time since this book has come out, the crazy stories that people have written me, where because you're suddenly open to how the universe wants to provide, And sometimes it isn't only through money. Sometimes it's through the craziest help that comes from other people. You know, there was a woman that was in a terrible marriage and the partner had always said, you'll never survive without me. Well, she not only survived, she thrived because she started to say, I'm open to receiving all the ways that the divine wants to provide for me. And it was way beyond money in Mm. order for her to get out. So-
0: Seems to always be more uh, money is just, you know, one of those things, places where we feel it the most.
1: Yes, but it also gets you out of this approach, gets you out of the mental box that is so predominant in this culture of competition you know, that very patriarchal idea that everybody's competing for this one tiny bit of the pie. Mm -hmm. And you can see it with things like the housing market, or you can see it with, you know, just in general, the economy. But one way that you use all this is that you're constantly, a very practical tool is you're always saying the divinely selected route for me already exists and I will be shown. And so in that sense, you're moving out of the matrix of competition and you're moving into this receptivity and flow.
0: Mm, And something that is unique to each and every one of us.
1: Yes, and it is very, very unique. I think I may have told you this story before that when I was moving with my partner from California to upstate New York, everybody in the world was saying, you know, Upstate New York, there are there's not only no places to buy, there's no rentals, there's nothing. All of Manhattan has moved upstate. You're you're crazy to go there, and I just kept saying the perfect location for us is already selected. Like this is in my bones now. I don't have a choice. There's, I have no other way to live. This is this has taken me over, and then sure enough, you know this amazing land came. It was. it it all just defied any sense of statistics or logic. So that's what I've seen over and over for people, really in the most extraordinary ways and really independent of gender, class, race. There's something that happens when you start saying the divinely selected route is already exists. And I am open to following the route. Mm.
0: Hello, lovely listeners. I want to pause for a moment here to make sure that you know how you can get even more access to this type of inspiration and support. Emerging Women has its own membership community where you get teachings from incredible female leaders and coaching support directly from me, as well as other brilliant members within the Emerging Women tribe every month. If you are ready to go deeper into your own leadership and emerging journey, head over to EmergingWomen.com for a free trial of our membership community. We've truly designed it as a hub for women like you who want to create change in the world. Don't go it alone, sisters. Head over to EmergingWomen.com forward slash membership and start your free trial today. Now, let's get back to our conversation. Yeah, I think I was just going to ask you, so you can do that with anything, like I'm going to the grocery store or I'm going to, you know, like sometimes I I have so many things to do in a day. I'm just like, oh, my God, something's got to give. And using this, like, please show me divine energy, which what I should do.
1: I do it. What should drop. A hundred, it's like one of my, like at this point, it's like a game with God because I use it for everything. I remember when the pandemic started, remember all that, all that insanity about toilet paper. Oh my God, totally. (laughs) And it was like, it was like such a good example of the complete scarcity mentality of this culture. And I just refused to get into it. But the truth was there really was no toilet paper in the normal stores that I would go to. And so Mm -hmm. I remember Thinking, okay, God, I'm handing this to you, the divinely selected toilet paper. I refuse to go into fear and scarcity and worry. You'll guide it. And if that ends up that we're using leaves from a park, so be it. I don't care. I trust you. And the next thing I know, I ended up at this dollar store that I never go to. And there were thousands and thousands of rolls of toilet paper. (laughs) Nobody was thinking to go there, right? Yes. So, you know, it's that kind of thing.
0: No, seriously, for everything. I love it. And Absolutely. since the last time we spoke, literally I used it for a grocery store because it was right before Thanksgiving and I was looking for something and I'm like, just tell me which grocery store. And sure enough, I don't know if it had it at the other one, but the one I went to had what I needed and I got my recipe and it was good. Yeah, um,
1: it's you literally can use it for everything. And then you think back, why was I just trying to do this from my ego? This is the crazy way to live.
0: Totally. Yes. And it's exhausting. It's
1: exhausting. It is. Um, And, And the thing is, you're matching the energy of all the fear and scarcity that most people are running. So, you know, it's like, you're, you're really unplugging when you do this, you're unplugging from the mentality that says there isn't enough. I'm in competition with everybody else to try to get mine. Instead you're saying I'm resting In divine source and all right actions for this specific need are going to be shown including the fact that if you don't need it it may not come right now Mm. and that truly has to be included because this isn't like the disneyland of every thought just manifests because that is a lie about the manifesting world and it's a lie about this when certain things are not needed yet, like during that period when I was dying for a relationship because my Libra rising wanted it, mm-hmm. there was the divine saying, you have to become whole first. So, you know, it wasn't something that happened overnight. There was a process. So it's, it's all of it.
0: Oh, that's so inspiring. Cause I just know so many people who are, Also, just especially during the pandemic yearning for this kind of deep partnership and connection and love, and it's been really hard in the last two years. So Mm -hmm. this idea of offering so that we may become whole and uh, surrendering the timing um, of what we're offering, I think, is also just um, a lovely way to Kind of cage it.
1: And it doesn't, it doesn't mean you, you becoming some bizarre idea of perfect. It just means that there's you know, the divine knows the time of the blooming. That's all I know. For some people it might be just a few weeks. For some people, you know, it just it's it's that you're opening to the process of the blooming as opposed to insisting when it needs to occur.
0: Totally, yes. Love that. But you did say something earlier that that your whole with or without it, or was that on your audio? <laughs> I can't, yeah. I've, you know, I listen, I've been listening. I told you I listened to the book. I didn't read it because I'm such yeah. an audiophile. All those years, it sounds true. But the, I can't remember if you said it here or if it was on the audio book, but that, that, yeah, surrendering it, I mean, offering it in a way so that your whole with or without it, I think is really so fascinating. That-
1: I agree. I mean, I think that that's really the guiding light with this. And, you know, make no mistake, sometimes in that process of becoming whole, it's it's a freaking fire. It is so painful. And, And because all these attachments and addictions that have run things, maybe for many, many lifetimes, you know, I'm only whole if I have a partner, I'm only worthy if somebody loves me, They're all coming up in this process of sitting in what is and saying, okay, divine, I trust you, guide me. I know you're bringing me on a path to wholeness so that then I can receive in your timing what's meant to be. Sometimes it's very peaceful. And sometimes when I was in that, there were times I just thought, holy God, how do you do this? I've always been living from the addiction that says I need a partner because I had Weber rising. And that's one of the things that sometimes goes with that. But then on the other side of it, I could, you almost like I, you could feel the ropes of those attachments burning away because there's not only psychic ropes to other people, there's psychic ropes to concepts. Mm-hmm. And like
0: patterns and survival
1: Exactly. Actions
0: that we do, yes.
1: Exactly. And so I could feel over that time, the ropes were burning, burning, burning. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was like, wow, I'm just standing on my own feet. This is ecstatic. Hmm. And of course, you know, not that long after that, I met my partner, but by that point, I didn't even care because I was like, I'm on my own feet. This is the craziest experience of my life. So,
0: oh, what a beautiful story, Tosha. I have not heard this, and we've been talking a lot. That's just wonderful.
1: Well, I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that, you know. (sighs) And the whole book, I would say you can so easily make it's not your money into it's not your relationship Mm -hmm. as a book, and it works perfectly. Just apply all the steps to that topic.
0: And how about this one it's not your business.
1: (laughs) Yes,
0: <laughs> it's not your business plan <laughs>
1: Definitely.
0: yeah i've been feeling that one as well okay now wonderful now talking about practice i want to make sure we um you know it's one thing to understand these concepts and we're going to hang up and i'm going to offer my pujas to yeah. all the things i've been wrestling with But practicing in community, that's something that Emerging Women is really big on. And I know that you also have a community. Can you tell us about what kinds of things are people doing together in your, I think you believe you call it a forum? Tell us a little bit about that and, and some of the miracles that are happening there.
1: Well, we started this thing called the Living Outrageous Openness Forum. We started it about seven years ago, and it's been running ever since. And it came out after... Oh, oh, came out because people were writing me and they were like, God, I'm in love with this book, but I can tell I need support practicing these ideas because you know, the, everything that you and I are talking about right now is almost the antithesis of what the culture teaches. So people were writing going, how can I practice it? A lot of them were wanting private sessions with me. I don't do those anymore. And so we came up with this idea of just starting a forum where people can, we, there's a weekly call with me that goes out to there's about a thousand people around the world. People can be located anywhere because they get a recording of that call. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a private online group where people support each other in between the calls. And then you know at times we do extra calls as well and we do extra projects together, whatever. And then people get a discount on all the courses because there's a ton of courses on the website as well. So it's really a community for learning how to live these ideas. And what a lot of people say is that they love the books, they read the books, but it stayed, despite all of the practical ideas in the books, They needed help moving this out of a mental concept into an actual living, breathing force in their life. And so the way I like to think about it is that when you really come into a community like this, where so many people are gathered with the same intention, it starts to take over your body. It starts to take over your cells, not just your brain. And it's not something that you're thinking, oh, I should think this way or that way. You spontaneously start to offer, you spontaneously start to move with the flow. And that's when things really start to get very exciting.
0: Yeah. And how, how important is it to close the loop on that, you know, to recognize Oh my gosh! I did change, and I did the, like back, kind of backtrack and see the connections. Oh, or just like let it go and.
1: No, I I mean I think it's it's incredibly important. In fact, we've been doing some of that over this final month of the year. There, where you know you really look, especially with this Saturn Uranus square that I was just talking about. You you look at look at where I started and look at you know. For some people, they're so much more comfortable trusting the unknown now. You know, that's that's a common yes. thing people say like, oh, when I first joined, I, I just felt like I needed a five-year plan and I needed this and I needed that. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden with COVID and everything, they're realizing that's not a viable way to live. And on a spiritual level, it's not the most interesting way to live. How can you be open to the divine flow when you've got this rigid idea of every single thing that's supposed to happen so there's you get a lot of that transformation you get a lot of people transforming about being open to receive i have to say that's one of the hugest changes it's astonishing it's not i'd say the form is maybe 85 percent women but it's extraordinary how many women do not feel comfortable receiving because we're taught to give. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh, huh. I'm wide open.
0: So. You know, it's so funny, but when I first read outrageous openness, speaking about women, it's a sensual practice. Yes. I'm so glad you said it actually changes yourselves. Yes. It's actually like, <laughs> I'm, I, I don't mean sexual sisters Mm -hmm. out there, but I do feel like it's a very sensual practice. You actually feel open. You actually, and when you close the loop on that and you start recognizing, not only do you build trust, but you build somatic trust. How many times are we like, oh, trust, I trust, trust, trust. But then you don't feel it in your body. It's not trust.
1: Yes. Yes. Wow. I love that idea of somatic trust. That's beautiful.
0: It's the only trust there is.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's something starts to happen. Maybe it's through the trial and error of practicing this, then, you know, it's not a straight through line. It's like you practice it. Then you get amnesia and you're back to being a rabies (laughs) again, and then you practice it again. And you kind of develop this inner sense of humor so that you're not beating yourself when you do fall off the horse. You're just like, okay, this is part of the process. Let me get back on. It's, you know, it, it all is, it's like this very inwardly kind way to work with yourself.
0: Mm, that's so lovely. That's a lovely image. Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan and I'm glad we got to talk about the forum. Um, that sounds like a, a lovely way to, I only want to be with people who are doing this as a life practice at this point. Yeah, it's I know. really hard. And once you get into it, it's, it's funny. It's hard to, it, it's hard to be around negativity. It's hard. It just makes it you just want to be around people who are practicing in this way and are living their lives in this way. So it's a, it's, it's a great opportunity on the forum and even just in our own lives to really be more discerning about how we spend our time and with whom.
1: Also, you know, I just remember that I, I should mention this. I'm going to do something that I've never done before, but I think it would, I've decided it would be fun, which is that I think I'm going to start, I'm going to do a period of maybe 40 days starting sometime between now and new year's day where I go on to Instagram live and maybe Facebook live too. And I start reading the money book out loud. Mm. And I think it would just, you know, what's happened over the last, so I'm basically bringing it up so that if people want to find me on Instagram and Facebook, uh, come join me there. Cause I often post anyway, but people have been writing me that they're going on to Facebook and they're reading the book out loud for people. And then I suddenly thought, why am I not doing that? Mm. So I do want to say that to anybody who's hearing this, that if you want to just get a taste of the book with me reading it, just um, love it. That platform.
0: Yeah. Love it. I love the whole 40 days too. I don't know if this will be out before then, but we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, but um, we will definitely um, mention, well, it'll be here because we don't do heavy edits and we'll mention it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And Tosha, it's just such a lovely slice to be with you right before um, we shut down for the holidays and in this transition period to, you know, reawakening with our inner light going into the winter and having this content deep through my bones has just been such a pleasure.
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's really great to talk with you about it, Chantal. I really appreciate it.
0: Okay, and we will see you on the other side in January. And Mm -hmm. take good care, um, everybody else. Um, And uh, Tosha, have a a lovely holiday in your beautiful house (laughs) with your lovely partner and your happy life.
1: (laughs) Happy New Year to you, Chantal. May all wonder find you.